afternoon, everybody. Nice to see everyone here on such a nice, bright, sunny December Saturday. I'm Arthur Erickson, and I'd like to welcome you all for joining us here today. Thank you for being here. First, I'd like to thank Pastor John Blossom and music director Lori Brandle for opening up this beautiful sanctuary and providing very special service for us today. Thank you, Pastor. Secondly, I'd like to invite everyone to please join us after the service in the fellowship hall just through this door here for some wonderful homemade baked cookies and treats. Thank you again for being here, and please join us after the service. Good afternoon. It is a pleasure and a privilege to see you. Let's open up our service here today with a hymn from our Red Hymnal, O Combo Come Emmanuel, number 211. Uh, the verses will be projected on the screen. We'll be singing the first two verses. everybody here today. Love and remembrance of people who have been in our lives, who we will never erase from our hearts, because love can never be erased. And we thank you for your love that endures and helps us to be connected and companionship with the ones who we love in this world and in your heavenly kingdom. Guide us at this time 
of preparation in Christmas to be close to you and to our loved ones and to one another in the light of your everlasting love. Comfort and warm our hearts. Give us vision and strength and peace and in hope for this journey of hope that you prepare for us in faith. We pray. Amen. season can be a difficult one. Your loved one is not present to enjoy the usual festivities. There's an empty seat at the table. Your loss seems very difficult to bear. Today we gather to honor and remember your loved one. Grieving the loss of a family member or dear friend is easily one of the hardest life challenges we can face. Grief doesn't always unfold in orderly, in orderly stages. It's a process of many emotional highs and lows over no set period of time. But the holiday season, I'm sure we can all agree, can prove to be most difficult because we are without our loved one. Even though they're not here today, it doesn't mean they will be forgotten. What did Christmas mean to them? Maybe mom was the one who put up the holiday decorations or host of the family gathering. Or you could always depend on Dad to tell a great story. Don't hesitate to remember them. Mention their names and the happy times spent together during the holidays. These memories help us truly remember why we love them so much. And that's what is most important. They provide us with a sense of hope that tomorrow will be brighter. Our goal today is to capture that hope, capture all those great memories, and remember that we love them and they love us. Before us, we have a tree with some Christmas lights and a few garlands. The evergreen tree was selected to represent life everlasting, so it's fitting that this type of tree also represents Christmas and the birth of the Christ child. <coughs> Right now, our tree looks empty. Each family has been given an ornament with their loved one's name on it. As their name is read, please come forward and place the ornament on our tree, and then come to this side and light a candle in their memory. Olivia 
Marlene and William Laharisu. the farm. and Lewis Shepherd, Jackie Sykes, Gordon Worcester. Sarazen Chester and Norma Dumont
Jessica Cartier. Betsy Post, Robert Morrow. Helen Bachman and Irene Savino. Dolores Medica. Anthony Theofor. 
Dr. Molina, senior. Look at our tree now. It's come to life. It's beautiful. After the service, just come forward, take your ornament home, place it in a favorite location with the thought that your loved one is still with you. Let it sparkle with love and fond memories. We hope that when you leave here today, knowing that we are among strong family, friends, and wonderful feelings, you're not alone. Your loved one still loves you, and so does God. Let it be a Merry Christmas.
to share a poem with you titled The Oak Tree by Johnny Ray, Ryder Community. A mighty wind blew night and day. It stole the oak tree's leaves away. It snapped its bows and pulled its bark until the oak was tired and stark. But still the oak tree held its ground while all the other trees fell around. The weary wind gave up and spoke. How can you still be standing, oak? The oak tree said, I know that you can break each branch of mine in two, carry every leaf away, shake my limbs, and make me sway. But I have roots stretched in the earth, growing stronger since my birth. You'll never touch them, for you see, they are the deepest part of me. Until today, I wasn't sure of just how much I could endure. But now I've found, with thanks to you, I'm stronger now than I ever knew. In this poem, I find three powerful symbolisms. First, the wind symbolizes the sadness and grief that you all experience each day. You, the surviving family, represent the oak tree. And finally, the roots of that oak symbolize the morals and character that have been instilled in you by your departed loved one. Remember that you can stand strong through the sadness and grief as it has tried to knock you down. Those morals and character, straight, character traits instilled in you reach deep into your soul and are the backbone of who you are. The sadness and grief cannot reach that deep to knock you down. So the next time you feel sad and down, remember that you are the strong oak and the mighty wind cannot touch your roots. Thank you everyone. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.
afternoon. <clears throat> Our first scripture reading comes from the Hebrew Bible, Scroll of Isaiah, the prophet. Chapter 40, verses 1 through 5, it's printed in your program. Isaiah revealed from God, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak compassionately to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her compulsory service has ended and that her penalty has been paid and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is crying out, Clear the Lord's way in the desert. Make a level highway through the wilderness of our God. Every valley will be lifted up, and every mountain will be flattened. Uneven ground will become level and rough terrain of valley plain. The Lord's glory will appear, and all humanity will see it together. The Lord's mouth has commanded it. Here ends the first reading. Our second scripture reading this afternoon comes from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 19. 
As you are able, in body or in spirit, please rise for the reading of the Gospel. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him, because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. This is the gospel of the Lord for the people of God. Please be seated. Pray with me, please. Good and giving God, author of all gifts, author of all grace, bringer of all life and hope into our hearts and into our lives and into our world. We come here because we need our hearts filled, O Lord. We come to find the emptiness filled up and the heights brought down so that our hearts may be at peace with one another, with our loved ones in your heavenly embrace and with God's world. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. It truly is a, a privilege to welcome you to our beautiful church and a joy to help you experience God's love, comfort, and hope in this place. We all come from different families, different houses of worship, or from no particular faith. And here, in this place, we honor and respect our differences. But we honor more greatly the need that makes us one today. We may not be companions with one another when we leave this place, but right now, here, in this place, we are companions with one another. So, let's please acknowledge our companionship now, and turn to the person to your right and your left, and welcome them to this place, whether you know them or not. Let's do that, please. with one another today. I am also a companion with you today on this journey of hope, <clears throat> as my family 
remembers my wife's parents, both of whom died earlier this year. When we lose a loved person in our lives, the rhythm of life changes, doesn't it? We expected a companion in our life to be there, to respond to things in a particular way, and not having that response, even if it wasn't always a perfectly warm response, changes the rhythm of how we experience life. <clears throat> life becomes a different story no matter what, because a key person in that story isn't with us. And when it comes to the holidays, often it's those small things that might not have seemed so great at the time that remind us of things the most. In our family, I know that there will come a time after dinner on Christmas Day when we would normally break out a box of Mike's Pastries from the north end of Boston. They're the best. My wife's father brought them every Christmas for more than 30 years. Now, we'll do something good on Christmas Day, I'm sure, but the rhythm of our family traditions has changed because our companion is gone. For those people who have faith, we can find some comfort knowing that even though our companions are not with us on earth, they are with us in heaven. We have a, a different kind of companionship with them now. They're with us, but it's different. And that's the hard part, isn't it? At times like Christmas, we become more aware not only of who is not with us, but also with how there's a new kind of way that they can be with us. The story of our companionship with them is over in one way, but a new story of companionship with them has begun. And in this new companionship with our loved ones, there can be both comfort and hope. There can be both healing and the potential for new growth. There can be, like gifts under a Christmas tree, the possibilities of unopened gifts coming from new types of companionship with our loved ones, and with others in our lives. We can see that life is a process of eternal beginnings and endings, not a forever frozen in time. We're being invited by God constantly into new possibilities. The pastries from Boston on my family's Christmas dinner table, they were great. But... Just pastries in a box. And life is, is not something that comes in a box, is it? And we can't put our love for our missed companions or their lives into a box. Life is something more. Love is something more and, and should be something more and filled with the possibilities of something more. And God wants us to have this something more in our lives. God wants to comfort us and give us a way forward, as the prophet Isaiah reminds us in today's reading from the Hebrew Bible. The prophet Isaiah was speaking to the word of God to the people of Israel who had lost everything near and dear to their hearts. 
Their kingdom and their magnificent temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. Their nation had become slaves to the king of Babylon. They felt abandoned and punished twice over by God. Every day for them must have seemed like a mountain to climb, a valley of despair to escape, a winding road with no end in sight to the curves and twists that came from them in their grief as it comes to us in our grief. And in the middle of this bleak picture of grieving for what could no longer be, the prophet Isaiah offers one of the most amazing messages from God in all of the Bible. The word of God came to Isaiah. And he told Israel what God had told him. Comfort. Comfort. My people, says your God. Speak compassionately to Jerusalem. Our God knew that grief was in the hearts of Israel's people. And God did not say, it's all your fault. Our God, knowing how lost the people of Israel were in their grief, did not say, snap out of it. Get on with it. No. Our loving God, the hope of all creation, offered the grieving people of Israel what we all want in the middle of our grief. Comfort and hope. God asked Israel through Isaiah to let go of the burdens of guilt that weighed them down. God asked Israel to hear the word of hope from the God who loved the people, the God who God himself had led out of Egypt from slavery. God asked Israel to listen to a voice, a voice from a new companion, who would make the twists and turns of grief give way to straight roads of hope. A companion who would make the unclimbable mountains and valleys of grief a level plain. God's companion would come to them and offer them comfort and transform hope. In our Christian tradition, we see Jesus in today's reading from John's Gospel, letting his followers know that nothing would ever stop God from offering us this companionship and comfort and transforming hope that our hearts want so very much. We hear the words of Jesus in John's Gospel story on the night before Jesus died on a cross. His companionship was ending. And he knew that his followers would feel orphaned from losing him. But Jesus promised his followers that God will never leave them to feel like orphans. Even death on a cross would not remove the comfort and transforming hope of God's love from their lives. God would always be their companion of hope. And to seal this promise of everlasting companionship and hope, Jesus offered his followers and us the ultimate <laughs> companion, God's Holy Spirit. Now, some translations of this passage 
from John's Gospel called the Holy Spirit God's advocate. And that's one way to look at who God is as God walks with us in our lives through faith. But the original text of John's Gospel reminds us that God's Holy Spirit who encourages us, who speaks the truth to us, and who invites us to change how we live is also God as our companion. We all need one another as our companions in this journey of healing and hope that we're on. But we also need to turn to the God who offers us comfort and hope. A companion who, through faith, will never, ever leave our side. Now, perhaps the idea of God's Holy Spirit might seem like a small comfort to us at a time when we long for a hug, a tender moment, a familiar laugh, a funny joke from our life companions. But God is here, alive, right now, in this place, to tell us that the living companion of God is the gift that will unlock God's comfort and hope. God's comfort and hope will lead us to the gifts of new possibilities for life, a gift which gives us faith in our unending relationship with our loved ones in God's eternal hands. Gifts which will help God to sustain us and transform us, and to help us see straight highways, level planes that lead to the love, healing, and hope that God wants for us and everyone. In our worship this month in our church, we're focusing on opening the gifts of faith that will help us to receive God's comfort and hope. This Christian season of Advent, are preparing for the coming of Jesus on Christmas is a time of preparing for this new life. We're in a season of new beginnings, even as seasons end and our calendar year ends. When will the beginnings begin? When will we turn the corner and see a new story unfolding? When will we see God's companionship in our lives, calling us to the renewed companionship that we have in God's world. Our season of Advent tells us, soon, very soon, God is here, and God is coming. The God of Christmas called Emmanuel, the ancient Hebrew word meaning God is with us. The loving love of the living God surrounds us in this place. God's promises for hope are in this place. The love of God surrounds our loved ones safe forever in the everlasting arms of God. God is your companion together. My prayer for you, for your families and friends, and for all of you who love is that God's love will comfort you, heal you, and help you to see both the amazing journey of life that brings us here today and the possibilities of life ahead of us and beyond us that a God of love is ready to offer us.
May this season of new beginnings offer you everything that your heart longs for with the living God as our everlasting companion. Amen. It is time now for the prayers of people. Let us pray together. Loving God, our everlasting companion, we thank you for your living presence here today that invites us to let you into our hearts and let us to, let us to see the, the way forward that we yearn for. We thank you for your love that enlightens our lives and gives us courage and hope. We thank you for all of our loved ones who bring us here today and for our families who have supported us through these times and our families who need even more support. Lord, even though there is a part that is empty and broken, you fill us and will walk with us every step of the way. In silence now, I will pause a moment for people to speak out the names of their loved ones that they would like to speak now. Gracious God, even when lips don't move, we know what words are upon people's hearts. And we trust in your healing and hope and salvation that will bring us to eternal peace now and forever. And we trust in that with courage and in hope as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Would you please join us in our closing hymn, Let There Be Peace on Earth. It is in our red hymnals, number 431, but the words will be projected on the screen. Oh, 
Now and forever. Amen.